Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number four of Genesis chapter seven. And we're going to be reading from Genesis 7, verse 4 through verse 6. For yet seven days, and I will cause it to rain upon the earth, forty days and forty nights. And every living substance that I have made will I destroy from off the face of the earth. And Noah did according unto all that Jehovah commanded him. And Noah was six hundred years old when the flood of waters was upon the earth. And I'll stop reading there. Now again, historically, God came to Noah and told him, you have seven days before the flood comes. And that means that God gave Noah advance information regarding the exact day the flood would happen. And as we saw in our last study in Matthew 24, right after the Lord Jesus says of that day and hour knoweth no man, he likens his coming to the days of Noah. And he says in that passage in Matthew chapter 24 that they knew not until the flood came and took them all away. And yet, uh, on the other hand, uh, although the unsaved, of course, are the only ones that the flood took away, as far as the saved were concerned, Noah and the other seven in his family that were on board the ark, they did know, they did know the day. They did know the time of God's judgment. That's how they were able to enter into the ark and be delivered. God told them before it happened, so they could be prepared and and actually also so they could warn other people because the Bible presents a principle for the people of God that when you see the sword come, you are to blow the trumpet and warn the people. And, and God's people see the sword as the sword in the Bible is a figure of speech to represent the word of God. They see it or understand it through the Word of God, the Bible, and then they declare it. And this is what Noah undoubtedly was doing over the course of the seven-day period, warning people. But the problem with the natural-minded individual is that he's natural-minded, and the Bible is spiritual. And, and God is spirit and God's word is in the spiritual realm. And because man is dead spiritually, he has his life in the natural realm. And, and so unless he sees something in the natural realm, that is with his physical eyes or one of his senses, he's able to discern some physical danger 
then he will not believe. But it says in Hebrews chapter 11, in Hebrews 11, in verse 7, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world, and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. So Noah was warned of God of things not seen as yet. And he was warned earlier, build the ark, 120 years prior. And and now, just one week, seven days, 168 hours, you have left and 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 then the flood will come again god warning him of things not seen and this is why the people of the world knew not until the flood came and took them away because again man is lifeless he's spiritually dead and in the area of the unseen which is the spiritual realm he has no ability to perceive or uh, to see the danger. And so he continues on as though there is no danger. And yet this results in his destruction. Well, again, here in Genesis 7, verse 4, um, with this statement, For yet seven days, and and I will cause it to rain, Upon the earth forty days and forty nights. God came to Noah in Noah's six hundredth year. And, you know, the, the timing for the flood was not accidental. Uh, anyone who thinks that, um, events just happen, you know, um, just haphazardly, things take place in the Bible, or, or according to God's program, that, that if anyone thinks, for, for example, the world will just end one day, and we don't know, and Jesus doesn't know, nobody knows, well, they don't know the God of the Bible, his precision, how exact he is, how precise he is, the God who ordered the creation. And, and when we look into an atom or when we look into DNA or when we look into anything in this world, when scientists get out their microscope and they, they look at the tiniest elements, they see order, design, everything fitting in a, in a certain pattern. Whether you look out into deep space or or within the tiniest organism, it, everything in God's creation is orderly. Nothing is done uh, just randomly, accidentally. Everything is is very orderly, and it's the same thing with God's salvation program, with um, His plan for mankind. And, and his redemptive program that he worked out over the course of history, nothing happens 
um, due to circumstances and God is unaware. No, that is not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible orchestrates things. He moves people. He brings to pass and wills for things to occur at the precise time in his timeline. And, and so from creation, there was a certain period of time allotted to the first earth from creation in 11,013 BC to the flood, which occurred in the year 4990 BC was 6,023 years exactly. It, it wasn't, for instance, 5,852 or, or 6,791. Very, um, uh, odd numbers that have no significance. But it was 6,000, the fullness of 6,000 years came to pass. And then a 23 year tribulation period took place and and the 6000th year was the year 5013 BC then 23 years from then uh brings us to 4990 BC when Noah is 600 years old and in Noah's 600th year then God brings the flood because God is operating. He has, again, intended for the first earth to have 6,000 years plus tribulation and the second earth to have 7,000 years. And then it'll be destroyed with the final judgment of the world. And by the way, if we go from the flood in 4990 and you go 7,000 years, it takes you to 2011. But then if you go from 4990 until 2033 AD, it's 7,023 calendar years. And we actually have an even break, except for the first earth, it was 6,023 actual years. And if it were to happen, if Christ were to follow the pattern that he established with his first coming, and and we've talked about this before, how the pattern for Christ's first coming takes you to the cross in 33 AD, and there is an almost identical pattern that leads to 2033 AD. If it were the case that that would be the year, then we would have an even division 6,023 actual years for the first earth, 7,023 calendar years until the year 2033 for the second earth, or the earth that now is, as Second Peter 3 puts it, our present earth. And, and then would come, uh, if the evidence that points to it is correct, the end of the world. And, and there is a bit of additional evidence that would support the idea of 7,023 years and then the end. And that's 
taken the same year of the flood, 4990 B.C., and going to the cross in 33 A.D. And when we do that, how many years are there? Well, 4990 plus 33 equals 5,023 calendar years. And then Christ went to the cross the first time and 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 made demonstration of the things he had done from the foundation of the world. 5,023 calendar years from the same date, 4990, when the flood occurred to the likely, uh, or, or at this point, the date that all the evidence points to, 2033, 7,023 calendar years. It matches exactly. And, and so... The, the positioning, the, the year, Noah's 600th year, the overall year, 6,023 from creation, the year 4990 BC is a year unlike any other year concerning the biblical calendar of history that God has opened up to us that we have understanding of. If, um, you know, if Noah was 615 years old, we would not have the kind of discussion that we had leading up to May 21, 2011, because the year 2011 was the 7,000th year, and that date identified with this statement, for yet seven days, and I will cause it to rain Upon the earth, 40 days and 40 nights. Now, we haven't talked about that, but uh, where God says for yet seven days, we have to keep in mind, this is the Bible. And in the Bible, for instance, God at times uh, says each day for a year. When the spies searched out the land 40 days, they then had to wander 40 years in the wilderness because of the evil report they brought back. Or... God, in Ezekiel chapter 4, the Lord had the prophet Ezekiel uh, laying his side for 40 days and then another side for 390 days. And likewise, he said the 40 days were 40 years and 390 days were 390 years. And and so, uh, in the Bible, things are not as they appear. For yet seven days, well could be seven years, it could symbolize, or it could symbolize 700 years, uh, or it could symbolize 7,000 years. As it says in Psalm 90, in Psalm 90, verse 4, For a thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday when it is past, and as a watch in the night. Thou carriest them away as with a flood. They are as asleep in the morning. They're like grass which groweth up. So um, God in Psalm 90 verse 4 likens a thousand years or, or it's stated a thousand years in his sight are but as yesterday when it's past. And yesterday was a day. So it's likening a thousand years to a day. And God actually says that specifically 
in the New Testament in Second Peter. And I'm going to read the the passage so we we see um, how the statement is given here or the context for it. In Second Peter three, verse one, this second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles, of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, All things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was, being overflowed with water, perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now, by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire, against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. So notice in both Psalm 90, in Psalm 90 I read verses 4 and 5, verse 4 said a thousand years in God's sight are as yesterday when it's past, and then the next verse mentioned a flood in Psalm 90. And here in Second Peter 3, God is speaking of the flood. And, and he said that um, some unsaved people are willingly ignorant of, and, and then that the world was overflowed with water and perished. And, and, of course, that's a reference to Noah's flood. Mankind today is indeed willingly ignorant of the flood. They have the um, scientific ability. They have the resources, the means to analyze um, the the fossil remains and and uh, and to see. Well, obviously, these things are the result of a flood. And because it's found uh, in practically all parts of the world, it must have been a universal worldwide flood that that caused these things. But they they deny, they disregard, they don't take into any real consideration the things of the Bible. Why not? Because they're too intelligent, too smart. That's what they think too too wise they've outgrown those ancient customs or or uh, people of old you know who uh, who turned to the bible as an authority oh no man today is far too smart for that uh, you know i can't help being a little sarcastic about man's brilliance and intelligence today uh, i i mean where actually is that brilliance of man on evidence when we turn on the news, when we we see the news reports, we're certainly not seeing anything that reveals any sort of brilliance of man. 
but the opposite. Just stubbornness, hard-heartedness, and dumbness, a, a foolishness is in evidence worldwide today in in practically every area of life. And if man is brilliant as he thinks, and as wise as he thinks, he's certainly concealing it very well. But again, I, I have a tendency to be a little sarcastic about these things. And, and yet, man is willfully ignorant. He prefers ridiculous theories. He prefers uh, to come up with things out of his own mind regarding things he knows absolutely nothing about. Mankind, in general, cannot accurately say what happened a hundred years ago, and yet he thinks to know things that happened hundreds of millions of years ago. Just just uh, astounding foolishness that mankind involves himself in for only one reason, so he can willingly... And and remember what Romans chapter 1 tells us concerning this tendency of man. It says in Romans 1 verse 18, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. And the word hold really means to suppress they're they're holding it back. They're holding it down. They they don't want it. They they don't want to take an honest look at the truth. And why? Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Man has no excuse before God. No, because this is uh, deep down in, in their subconscious. It's a willful action on their part to ignore the testimony of the heavens that, that as the heavens declare the glory of God, the heavens declare there is a God. And furthermore, if there is anything in the Bible, and there is, and the evidence of the world supports that area of the Bible, then man will willfully ignore it, willfully turn from it, so he will not understand it, because he doesn't want to. Again, he prefers the lie over the truth. He, he does not want the God of the Bible. He, uh, so he'll, uh, he'll turn from him at every opportunity. Well, in this context of the flood, in 2 Peter 3, the Lord then says this in verse 8, but beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing. And the word ignorant here is the same word that was translated ignorantly back in verse 5. They willingly are ignorant. Um, it, it's the same Greek word. It's not the typical Greek word for ignorant. 
It's translated these two times as ignorant, but nowhere else is ignorant. There is another Greek word, um, it's Strong's number 50, that's translated several times as ignorant in the Bible, in the New Testament. And that Greek word has an alpha prefix attached to the word, the Greek word for no. And an alpha prefix means it negates. So it means not knowing. That's what ignorance is. When man uh, lacks knowledge, he, he does not know. And, and the word here in Second Peter 3 is a different word. Um, this, this particular word is Strong's 2990, and it's a word translated as hid and unaware and a couple of times as ignorant. For instance, it's the word in Mark 7, verse 24, And from thence he arose and went into the borders of Tyre and Sidon and entered into a house and would have no man know it. But he could not be hid. That's the word, hid. Jesus could not be hid. In Luke 8, it says in verse 46 and 47, And Jesus said, Somebody has touched me, for I perceive that virtue has gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him. Again, not hid. Or in Acts 26, verse 26, For the king knoweth of these things, before whom also I speak freely. For... I am persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him, for this thing was not done in a corner. Speaking of Christ and and his period of ministry, it, it was not hidden from the king. That's the word that's being used in Second Peter 3, where God says, But beloved and beloved is a word that um, identifies with God's elect. It, it is the loved, the beloved of God. And, and so here God is speaking directly to his people, and he's saying, but my, my elect, my saved ones, be not ignorant of this one thing that is... Let not this one thing be hidden from you. Now, that's important. That's an important distinction to make from the idea of of just not knowing something, to be ignorant of it. When something is hidden, what does that remind us of? It reminds us that God sealed up the word until the time of the end. Much spiritual truth was hidden in the Bible that could not be understood throughout the church age, not until the end of the church age and the beginning of the Great Tribulation, when the Lord unsealed the scripture to reveal much truth to his people. And that's the signal 
here because it was during the Great Tribulation that God opened up this verse uh, and its companion verse in Genesis 7, verse 4, for yet seven days, and I will bring the flood. God revealed to his people so that we would not be ignorant of it or so it would not be hidden from us and and therefore we would see it and uh, come to understanding regarding this one thing. And Mr. Camping did a good Bible study on that phrase, one thing. Well, maybe we'll, we'll look at some of the verses um, that relate to that phrase because the phrase indicates this is an extremely important thing when God says this one thing. It, it mean, he's highlighting it. It's something that needs to be understood. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.